If you guys didn't get a devotional, uh, they're free. I just encourage you, uh, grab one on your way out. Uh, today's particularly helpful. And I've been doing a series, uh, The Light That Leads Us Home. And I want to talk about uh, how Jesus really is an incredible light uh, that he's come upon the world with his birth. Uh, it was a dark place uh, at the time of Jesus' birth. And uh, the light shone brightly while he was on earth, and uh, it sort of felt like it went out around Jerusalem and those areas uh, pretty quickly after Jesus' death. And yet this light has endured, it's, it's grown, and uh, there's constant hope even uh, today. Uh, we connect with Jesus, we see how he can give us hope, uh, not only in his big plan, but also that he knows us each individually and specifically. And we can uh, connect to the fact that he loves us. Uh, sometimes it seems very close and sometimes it seems very dis distant. But uh, there was a movie out in the 40s, uh, uh, which today which we, I'm using the title, I'm dreaming of a bright Christmas, uh, playing off the song A White Christmas, uh, from that uh, song, which apparently is uh, still the best-selling Christmas song, according to the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, so, you know, that movie, if many of you uh, might have seen it, uh, a, a bright Christmas, a white Christmas, set in Vermont, and uh, the whole idea was there was no snow, and it was 60 degrees, and we're just praying for a white Christmas. I mean, uh, we can sort of relate to that. Uh, I mean, I know there's at least three of you that are really happy that it's really warm, but by the time we get around to January, you're all going to be wishing we had snow on the ground. Okay, I mean, Lisa's like, just stay warm. Just keep it like Florida. It's just A-okay. It's fine. But uh, in the movie, uh, it really was a, I don't know if you've all probably seen the movie, but it, it's just a really good, feel-good movie. You know, there's a lot of uh, different aspects of how love is displayed. You have the classic uh, love scene uh, a guy meets a girl, and the girl plays hard to get, and the guy plays hard to get, but, you know, all works out well in the end. And then you've got two sisters that are really uh, love each other and, and uh, sort of look out for each other. And then you've got an army general and, uh, you know, the troops after the war, his uh, soldiers really come around and rally around for him, and there's that sort of uh, working relationship. But uh, just love and uh, good relationships... Uh, shared amongst many different uh, uh, people, women, friends, boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, sisters. Just a, a good movie. Just a real good, uh, feel-good movie. Uh, but in a similar way, I think uh, when we talk about Jesus and talk about Jesus' love, uh, Christmas uh, really defines that. But it's not always so obvious to us how... Jesus uh, is such good news and how he represents uh, love. And sometimes we need like practical stories. We need to like connect with Jesus. So uh, many of you were really gracious when we did the turkey handout giveaway. We, uh, the church was uh, rallied and we generated many baskets. And uh, it, it really was a terrific um, outreach. You know, some people enjoyed just making the baskets. Some people enjoyed actually delivering the baskets. Some of you got a chance to pray for people uh, as you delivered the baskets. And uh, it, it, it was a good outreach. Now, 
one of the things that we do when we deliver those baskets, we also sort of ask them, you know, do you have kids and do you have needs for Christmas? And uh, not everyone gets to see the inside story. And, you know, there are really people that really do need help. And uh, this week, one of those people that we, that we gave a, a, a turkey basket to came in to pick up her, her toys for her, her kids. And uh, many of you participated in the Bernadette put out a thing in the lobby and says, hey, you know, Angel Tree, if you want to buy toys for the kids, uh, buy a toy. This is the age group of the kids. Bring them in and we'll get them to the kids. And that's what uh, some of you are going to be doing after service today is delivering some of those. But one of the moms came in and I had never met her. I don't know anything about her. I, I, I just happened to be in here. And she wandered in and, uh, you know, she looked a little lost. And I said, hi, can I help you? And she was a little embarrassed. She said, well, you know, I, I, I said, have you come to pick up some gifts? And she said, yeah, well, that's sort of what I've come here for. I've come to pick up some gifts. And, and she was, uh, you know, in her 20s, maybe, I don't know, maybe she was 30 years old. And, and uh, I wanted to engage her. And I said, well, you know, tell me your story. And uh, boy, was it ever a story. So she says, well, you know, my husband committed suicide this spring. He, he said he was suffering after doing uh, service in, I don't know if he was in Iraq, I think she said he was in Iraq, and uh, he came back and he had, you know, post-traumatic uh, stress disorder, and they tried and tried, and, and he just couldn't overcome it, and she found him dead in the, in the garage. The spring, and she said, it's, this is just really difficult. She said, this is going to be our first Christmas without him, and uh, the kids are really, uh, you know, distraught. And uh, I thought, oh my gosh, that was a lot more than, than I bargained for, you know. And then she tried to explain to me how she's trying to get her life back together and, and all the positive things that she's doing and, and all the, the great steps that she's taking and how she's struggling and how her family's not around and and I mean, you know, after I finished sharing her story, I, I mean, the gifts that we were giving her, they just seemed like, you know, so insignificant. I was like, wow, I'm so proud of all of you guys for being willing, you know, to make this a reality. But when you actually see the person, the recipient, a really worthy recipient uh, firsthand, it really is the spirit of Christmas. You know, and then I started talking to her about Jesus and about church, and, and there was just this big disconnect. I mean, her eyes just glazed over, and, and I was like, yeah, thanks for the gift, and, and you know, like she walked out. And, and I thought, you know, that's just fine as well, because we are trying to uh, just love people. Uh, it's, there's no, like, strings attached. You know, if people, like, say, yes, great, and, you know, you can come to church, which I believe if you come to church, I believe Jesus will help you. I believe it's encouraging for anybody at any stage of life to come to church. And for this particular lady, I thought, man, you would get a lot out of church. And your kids would get a lot out of church. But, you know, I'm not there to, to kind of corner her. I'm there to just express Jesus' love to her in a really, really like practical way. And uh, then it's up to her to decide whether she wants to respond or whether she doesn't want to respond. And, you know, we experience God's love in a mysterious way. So for her, I think she would have been perhaps initially, at this point it seemed to me, blinded by the fact that Jesus loves her. And here are random people, you know, the church, 
reaching out to express that love in just a, a small sort of tangible way. And, uh, you know, for others, they just get it straight away. It's like, okay, why are you helping? Why are you loving? I mean, you're part of a church. I get it. You know, there's something motivating you. Uh, it, it's Jesus. It's for some people, they really just uh, make that connection. Uh, and others don't. And, you know, we as believers are sort of compelled uh, to express God's love in practical ways uh, to to explain when people ask us why are we doing what we're doing and if they don't ask us that's that's okay as well and you know this time of the year is also a difficult time when we if you work downtown boston and you see a lot of uh, street people and you think okay how do i help them out if i just give them money and i put money into their tin are they probably going to drink it you know uh, so what do you do uh here's just a a small tip if you know, people like that, street people move you. Buy a pair of clean socks and give that to them. I tell you why I say this. Because having worked in uh, a shelter, we would uh, actually, we as a church, uh, for many years, would go out into Worcester, we, we'd serve and help the poor out there. But the lady that was running the program, she said this to me. She said, You know, it's interesting, we have no shortage of blankets. And we have no shortage of jackets because you can hand down a pretty good jacket. She said, but you can't hand down socks. You know, it's just, it's just the thought of it, you know. So they said they have a constant need for socks. So, you know, just buy a pair of socks and just keep them in your pocketbook. And, you know, when you're downtown, give somebody socks. I, they'll appreciate them a lot more than, you know, when you get socks as a Christmas present. And you're like, don't appreciate him. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so uh, you know, I do want to talk about, um, uh, about uh, Jesus and uh, about the fact that uh, Jesus is here and that uh, Christmas is here. And uh, this is just a moving time of the year for us when we realize Christmas is here. You know, Christmas is here. And there's a sense of, okay, God, uh, something exciting is happening, even as kids. We know that, here we are, we're getting into the spirit of it here. I'm excited about it. All right, let's do it. Christmas is here. Christmas is here. Let's go. Woo, got a video for you. One more time. Sunset, oh. I sweep the snow from my doorstep. I just can't help but stop and grin. It's like I'm ten years old again. And never Christmas this year, we're gonna make a 
starts before the sunrise. I sneak down the sparkling eyes and all oh, what joy it brings to me. The family around our Christmas tree. And I thank the Lord for his favor as we sing the songs of the Savior. I Do you guys have great kids or what? <laughs> All right, kids, go back and have a party in the back there. We'll be hearing you. Enjoy it. Make a noise. You're not going to bother us here. <laughs> uh, let me just pray. Uh, Jesus, we just uh, thank you that uh, Christmas is here. And Jesus, we just ask uh, that you would fill us with your love. And Lord, my prayer today is that each person present here today, in one way, shape, or another, Lord, would connect with you, uh, would receive your love. Uh, Lord, that this truly would be a bright Christmas, even if it's not white. So Lord, we just ask uh, for your love. Make it bright. Uh, in your name, Jesus. Uh, amen. Uh, let me uh, read to you uh, this very classic section of scripture talking about the birth of Jesus out of Luke. If you've got a Bible, you're welcome to follow along with me. Luke uh, chapter 1. And uh, as I read this section, I, I want you to notice, uh, you know, that there are real people being mentioned and real places being mentioned. Uh, you know, that our hope and our story of Christ isn't some mythical uh, fanciful uh, fairy tale, 
Uh, it's rooted in history with real people in real places. Uh, so at the time, this is Luke chapter 2 verse 1. At the time the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quinarius was governor of Syria. All returned to their ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. Uh, you know, so we have the story of uh, Jesus, of his birth, a very specific place, a very specific time. Uh, these were events which were foretold. And uh, this light, Jesus, uh, breaks into the world. And really, the, it, it's, of everything else, it's a story of God's love for us. God's saying, look, I have a plan, a, a big plan, uh, and I'm breaking in. I'm going to represent who I am in human form. You know, so we don't have to like picture who God is, like make up sticks or idols or, you know, worship trees or some other weird image. We can get an idea of who God is in the person of Jesus. I mean, it's a, it's a story of Jesus' love for us, that he's really for us, that he wants to uh, press into us. And uh, it's just a great season of the year. When we think of God's love, uh, I don't know if you're following along in the bulletin insert, you, you're welcome to do this, but this idea that God has given us a baby, uh, that God has represented himself in a format that we can identify with, uh, is just uh, absolutely remarkable. It's who, it's who Jesus is. Uh, we uh, often battle at Christmas at this time of the year when somebody says, well, what would you like for Christmas? You know, it's for some, it's what detracts from Christmas because it gets uh, commercialized or it becomes all about the presents, uh, which is why many of us love Thanksgiving because it's not about gift giving. But Christmas at its core is, is Jesus is the gift. And uh, we shouldn't lose that in the busyness to try and get everybody what they want or what they're looking for. And we run around uh, trying to buy things. Uh, we should be able to uh, slow down. And that's one benefit of having, you know, Sunday service today, our Christmas service, because we get a chance to move into the season and to, you know, appreciate Christ and appreciate his gift. Uh, it's not about, you know, how big the present is under the tree. Uh, that's why kids are just so delightful at this time of the year, because kids, you know, often it's not the dollar amount of the gift. I mean, I'm constantly amused at the kid that enjoys the package more than the present inside. Uh, you know, it's, it's like a, it's like God's joke for us, you know, where the parents get all wound up about how expensive the gift is, and then the kid actually enjoys the box and the wrapping. It's just delightful. It never gets old. You know, it's just, this is just a wonderful thing of Christmas where... But, but Jesus is coming in the form of a baby. We can, we can identify with him. And God is saying he loves us and that he's for us. Uh, there's simultaneously two things going on. One is God's huge plan, God's big plan. 
and God's saying, okay, I've set this in motion. I've prophesied about these things like hundreds of years before. And I want to read a scripture out of Micah, you know, 740 years before Jesus, mentioning the place where Jesus is going to be born, Bethlehem. I mean, very, very specific. So God's got this like big overarching plan of what he's going to do. And in one sense, uh, it's comforting for us. It's God's love for us. He says it's going to work out in the end. Uh, on the other hand, uh, we need to know the personal plan. Like, God, how do you connect with us personally? So uh, let me read uh, this, uh, this story out of uh, Micah, this prophecy. This is Micah 5.2 uh, uh, to you. And again, 700 years before the birth of Jesus. God the Father planning designing how we can connect with him, how we can understand him. It says this, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Then at last his fellow countrymen will return from exile to their own land. And he will stand to lead his flock with the Lord's strength in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. Then his people will live there undisturbed, for he will be highly honored around the world, and he will be the source of our peace. I mean, just, again, remarkable, the specificity of what God is saying and of this, you know, coming to pass. Uh, there's comfort in that because there's not only the beginning of the story, uh, there's comfort in the end of the story. And, you know, it's going to work out well for us in the end. In the middle, there'll be bumps, there'll be ups and there'll be downs. But God loves us. Uh, Maria, I want to just pick on you because you don't know that I'm going to pick on you. Come on up here quickly. I want you to, I'll share your story for you, but I want you to share your story. Yep, you. Yep. <laughs> Come on up here. I'll talk. You can just be seen. I can see I really prepped this up nicely, didn't I? Maria's like. Yeah, I'm sure it's you. Okay, so why I want Maria to just come up here is this. When we say God loves us personally, right, sometimes this is hard for us to identify. Maria is going through her own ups and her own downs. And like Christmas, sometimes the gift that we ask for isn't always the gift that we get. Or the way we think that God's going to speak to us isn't always the way God speaks to us. But last Sunday, Maria was in church and uh, at the end of service, Jeff asked, okay, we feel like God wants to heal somebody with shoulder problems. And Maria, you, if I get the story wrong, you just give me this. Sure. But otherwise, I'll just tell your story. Okay. So for 10 days, Maria has been in chronic pain with her shoulder. I mean, okay, I've got to go to the ER room. I can't sleep. I'm, I'm really, I mean, chronic pain. You were here last week. Maria comes forward. We pray for her. And her pain goes away immediately. And it stays away. I mean, you've been, the whole week, I mean, you've just been. And so, 
So let me tell you for me the, the beautiful part of the story. Okay, one part is yeah, physical healing and we believe God does miracles and, and, and that's why I'm bringing it up here. But there's another part. This is the part I think was so exciting. When, when you, Maria, something happens, you say, wait a minute, God, you've seen me. You know, hello, you know, I've been crying out there, I've been praying and, and you haven't been answering because I've been praying about other things, but you haven't forgotten me. You, you surprised me. It was like a gift. I mean, you, you healed my shoulder. I mean, that, that's the response, isn't it? I mean, it's the way we get it. Bless you. Thank you. I, I hope I didn't embarrass you too much. I mean, the reason I want to, the reason I want to pick on Maria like that is because it's easy for us to talk about God's big plan. You know, Micah, we've got the prophecies. God fulfills them. But really, we're like kids. It's like we just want that awesome gift under the tree, whether it's the box and the wrapping. But I mean, like we want to know God loves us each personally. I mean, it's nice to know God's got a big plan, but it's also nice to know that God knows you and he knows me and he knows where we're at and, and he's interested in us and that he, more than interested, he loves us. Uh, that's, that's the mystery of God. And we also acknowledge, you know, hey, we pray for people to be healed. Not everybody's healed, but some are. And for those that are, that encourages us to pray for others. And there's no formula. It's not like we can guarantee or promise. But we do know this. The more we pray for people, the more people get healed. We're absolutely sure if you don't pray for them, they don't get healed. I mean, you know, so, okay, that's, that's what it means to live by faith and know that God is all-powerful and God does things the way that God does things, not the way we tell God to do things. And when God does do things, it's awesome. And we experience his love and we like get really jazzed. And, and I bring Maria forward so that like it cements it in our minds. And it's like, okay, here's a concrete example. You know, it's not like some mysterious thing that we can't get hold of. Now you can, you know, go speak to Maria and you can verify the facts and you can ask her. Or I know if I ask many of you, I mean, at least half of you in here have your own story, uh, just like Maria's, where God has done something, you know, supernaturally, uh, specifically, personally, and it's been hugely encouraging. But we kind of need God to encourage us again and again and again. I mean, like a baby. You know, it's like one day is just not enough. It's like an ongoing process. We need to be loved. We need to be accepted. We need to know that God loves us. And, uh, and that's what God loves to do. He wants us uh, to love others. I'm also thrilled for uh, many of you that have taken your kids on missions trips and that are taking uh, your kids on a missions trip uh, coming up because one of the things that uh, happens to us as kids, and you know, I was uh, a big fan of this, we took our kids on missions trips when they were young. I think they were before uh, they were 10 uh, before they went their first trip. Megan, were you older than 10 when you went the first time? You were 10. Okay, so first time Megan was 10, my daughter, and we, you know, we take her down a missions trip. And, uh, you, you know, our kids got it. And this is what their experience was. They say, wow, we've seen people uh, in abject poverty, but they seem to be kind of happy. And there's this incredibly difficult process that goes on. It's like, how can they be so happy when they have so little? And then, you know, we come down and we think, okay, because we're missionaries, we're great missionaries, what we're going to do is we're going to solve all the needs by bringing them stuff. And we bring the, our used clothes and our used shoes and our used suitcases and our used everything. And we say, okay, have this. You'll be really happy. And they say, okay, thanks. You know, 
But, and we walk away and we're like, it's just such a mystery that they can be so happy in such poverty. And we say, we don't want the poverty. And believe me, I don't want to live in poverty either. I don't think it's great to be poor. But I am saying that there's this correlation that we sort of have that you have to be wealthy or you have to have stuff or you have to have an expensive present or you have to get lots of presents to be happy. And we know, you know from experience that the kid can be real happy just with a wrapper and just with a box. Uh, it doesn't have to have the latest, you know, whatever electronic device you've all got planned for all your kids or your kids have got planned for you to have for them, whichever way that works, I'm not sure. But, you know, uh, there's this sense that this works where people can really identify on a missions field with uh, those that are poor. God loves us and he wants to use us and he wants to use us to express his love and he wants us to be on the receiving end of his love. God uses people to express who he is. God speaks to us directly. He speaks to us indirectly. He speaks to us through the word of God. He speaks to us in all sorts of surprising ways. At Christmas is the time when we get to Understand, God is a baby. He came into this earth. He came to shed light on this earth. God has a plan, and God is a good God. Uh, you know, nowhere do we get a sense where Jesus is saying, you know, i am really uh, got a chip off my shoulder, God the Father, because, you know, uh, my birthplace was a stinky, smelly, you know, cow's feeding trough, and, you know, I'm a king, and, and you know, that was kind of like a, a lame start. To somebody that's really famous like me, Jesus, you know, uh, Jesus, uh, you know, God the Father, couldn't you have done a little bit more? You, you don't get any sense of that. You get the sense that Jesus was dirt poor, and you know, had to deal with life at that in that way. And Mary was dirt poor, and had to go through a lot of discomfort. But nowhere do you get a sense of them grumbling, saying, you know, I, God, you're just so un caring and so unkind and, and why do I have to suffer this way and, and, and why is there so much hardship and, and why, why, why? You don't get that sense. You get a sense that Jesus and Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and John the Baptist and all, it's like, wow, God is, is love. God is like a mystery. God is like really uh, just something other. He's caring. And that's the story of Christmas. And if we look at our ultimate fear, you know, overcoming death, Jesus saying, okay, I've got that covered. I've conquered death. I've, I've, I've defeated it. Uh, you know, the ultimate, uh, uh, ultimate end of life for all of us is death. And yet Jesus is saying, you don't have to worry about it. I rose from the dead. I came as a baby to be crucified on the cross, not to stay on the tree, not to stay on the cross, but to rise from the dead. There's a sense that God is saying, I'm giving you love and I'm giving you hope. You know, when we, when we read the Gospel of John or, and 1 John, uh, in trying to describe one of God's characteristics, like who is God or how do you describe God? God's all-powerful, God's mighty, God's awesome. You know, John says, God is love. Now, in 1 John 4.16, God is love. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing how he describes him. We know so much... We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And he said, great, I'll get it. Now, but hold on a second. John, who wrote this, was kind of old when he wrote this. The Gospel of John was like the last of the Gospels to be written. First uh, John written by John, was written by an old man. 
He was written by somebody when he wrote this, when he said God is love. He wrote this after he had seen Jesus, after he had hung out with Jesus, after Jesus has died, after Jesus' other prophecies started coming true, like the temple would be destroyed, like the people in Jerusalem then suffered. I mean, they had like the Romans surround them. They broke down the wall. They broke down the temple. The people were starving. The people were persecuted. The people had to go all over the world. They were being hunted down. They were being martyred. They were being killed. Now that's the context that John writes. But God is love. He saw, he heard that the apostle Paul had been martyred. I mean, he had seen people being Killed, martyred, cruelly disposed of. And yet, he writes, We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in His love. God is love, and all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. That's the context that we look at Christmas, and we say, God, you really do love us. You are just like so other. We don't fully like understand you. Uh, you know, for some of you, uh, you, you're like really dog lovers. You know, and uh, for that, it's kind of easy. You, you know, your dog runs out in the mud because it, we've got mud at the moment and not snow. But, you know, he's running out in the mud at the moment. And, you know, because it's kind of hot, he's like shedding a whole lot too. And uh, you also know that like the ticks are still out there. And so he's running around in the backyard and he's covered in mud and covered in ticks. You don't just say, hey, dog, come on, jump on my nice white bed and just I just want to snuggle up with you, uh, whatever not. You, you, you just don't do that, right? It's like, no, I'm going to take you to the doggy parlor and I'm going to clean you up. And I'm going to like get you groomed and I'm going to get your coat back to white uh, from brown. And I'm going to get you defleed and de-ticked. And when you don't, when you're really cleaned up and you're really pretty, come on in and jump up on me and live on my couch. And you can jump on my bed and I'll cuddle you. I mean, for for many of us, we think that that's the way God looks at us. And yet, the upside down logic of God, He says, I don't care what you like. I don't care if you're full of fleas and ticks and lice and 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 like you're dirty and you're polluted. He's saying, I don't, I don't care how imperfect you are. You don't have to get cleaned up first, and then I'll love you. He says, I love you just the way you are. In fact, I want to clean you up. I'll clean you up from within. That's the love of God. God is not waiting for you to be perfect. He's saying, I love you the way you are, and I'll clean you up. Will you come to me? Will you trust in me? Will you put your life in me? Will you depend on me? I will give you the greatest life you can ever imagine. I'm not saying it'll be easy. I'm not saying you won't go through a whole bunch of suffering. But I am saying you will be loved. You will be understood by God the, the Father. You'll be comforted by His Holy Spirit. God has a plan for your life now and for eternity. Do you want that comfort? And God is saying, if you do, believe in me, trust in me, follow me. That's the message. That's the hope of Christmas. That's the light that God is shedding in this world. We should not be people that are afraid about the next you know, terrorist bomb and who's going to be elected as president. Yes, those are all real factors, but God is with us. God comforts us and His love is with us. And no matter what happens to us, God will be with us. That's the message of Christmas. That's the light for this world. 
why don't you stand and let's just worship and just uh, praise the Lord. This is a, a great Christmas. I'm glad that you're with us.